Yeah. I agree. Who is that new Captain America? Who's that Napoleon Dynamite? Like, who is that guy behind the mask? <laughs> they made him look. They made him look super awk. He kind of looks like the, the old man from Up. Like. of you joining us for the very first time this is icon or Ycon, the show where we break down your favorite film universes one movie at a time this is the day that 15 year old me has waited for his entire life we are breaking down the epic the long awaited Zack snyder's justice league i am here as always with the sorcerer to my mother box mr cj laroche cj how are you doing I'm good. I'm good. I feel like over the course of our friendship slash relationship together, I have really learned how to work your mother box <laughs> to get you to the places that you need to be. Uh, I'm doing well. Um, I just want to say we are also I'm also excited to have yet another Cognoscenti of film joining us today. Uh, Cognoscenti is Italian, late 18th century for a connoisseur. A discerning expert, Mr. Christopher Henry. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. Oh, this is so great. I love your podcast. Um, I'm Christopher Henry. I'm an actor, uh, singer, comic, and uh, writer uh, for The Blunt Post, uh, primarily working as a film critic, and uh, longtime friend of Andrew and CJ's, and I'm so excited to be here. The Last Jedi. Sorry, I just had to get that in <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big fan of this podcast. I'm such a big fan. He I stand you guys. <laughs> dare you right out the stays. gate. He stays. I wasn't even want to do it. <laughs> Yay. That oh, I'm so happy. The, the torch has been passed. The mantle has been picked up. CH and CJ, hashtag for life. Oh, my gosh. So I'm exciting. living for it. <laughs> Well, you guys, I mean, the fans fought for it. We waited four years for it. And, and last Thursday, it finally arrived, and we watched it. And and let's dive right in. How did we feel? This movie, it was broken up into six parts. It was four hours and two minutes long. Where are we at? What, what, what are we feeling like? What's your initial thought? First off, Christopher, why don't you start? So first of all, I have to say I'm a person who I'm a huge DC fan. I primarily, as the people at home can't see on my T-shirt, I'm a huge Wonder Woman fan. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've enjoyed Zack Snyder's movies. I mean, you and I have talked about I feel Man of Steel is a very solid film. I did have some issues with BVS like some people did, but I can still watch it and enjoy it because I'm so familiar with the universe. Um, I've never minded his visual tone and style. However, I've I've been a critic of some of what he's done, um, perhaps unfairly, considering some of the information that we now have. But I have to say, you know, I was a critic. I was a non-believer of this existing. Like I was always one of those people who said there's an assembly cut available, but there's not actually like a movie here. I was a person who even said. I mean, this movie might be good, but I mean, or it might be even like better than what we got in 2017, which is just a travesty, but like, how good is it going to be? And I was wrong. I was dead ass wrong. This is a fantastic superhero movie. This movie gave me everything I wanted. It is, shockingly enough, my favorite depiction of Wonder Woman so far. And I watched the Wonder Woman movie like, 30 times a week. Like, I watch that thing nonstop. I know every line inside and out. And this kind of trumps it for me. They're just the emotional wow. beats, the storyline beats for all the characters. Yes, it's long. Yes, it's probably not the version we would have gotten in 2017 because they never would have greenlit a four-hour movie. But despite the tragedy, the, the awful tragedy that happened to Zack Snyder losing his daughter, I am glad that we're getting this movie now in this way through a streaming format because I'd maybe trim some stuff, but I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would change this version. It's such a complete story. And even in looking at this movie, it really makes a lot of things about the 2017 version stand out. It really makes you take a close look at that and say, well, why was this cut? Like this totally doesn't affect that movie. And like, it's, it's, it's so bizarre. It makes the whole 
controversy surrounding the other movie even more bizarre when you take a look at what this movie is. It's like, yes, it's darker. Yes, it's grittier and more violent. It is an R-rated movie. Do not have your kids watch this movie. But from a story-wise perspective, it makes so much more sense. Oh. It is such a complete story. I, I can't imagine what WB was thinking when they took a look at this cut and thought that there was so little that was salvageable there. It's such a mystery to me. Interesting. CJ, your thoughts? The, the Mets winning the 1986 World Series, <laughs> the Giants upending the undefeated Patriots, the Rangers Cup in 94, the, the Snyder Cut of Justice League. The, the way that I feel the day after, I am on cloud nine. I am I am in the afterglow of something spectacular. They they put such an inferior product on the field in 2017 when they put that piece of garbage. It, this movie makes that thing look even worse, <laughs> yes. which we didn't think was possible. Yeah, right? <laughs> and Chris, to your point, man, like how great is it now for filmmakers to have this thing that exists, right? They can go to a studio or, they, uh, you know, they can, their agent can go to a studio or whatever and say, hey, Zack Snyder made a four-hour movie and they released it on HBO Max and that's a streaming service and people fucking loved it. So let's not worry about your little, your, your you know, your uh, need to have a two-and-a-half-hour film so that you can get in more slots at the movie theater each day. Let me make my movie. Let me make the thing that I know is going to work because I'm usually, I'm usually the smartest person in the room the director versus any producer or studio. Let me mm-hmm. do it, right? And now that we have this thing, this this example, this like trophy, if you will, that exists in <laughs> in a time where like everybody doesn't have the attention span, right? Or so or so people say. Fuck that. You put yeah. something in front of me and like I'm I'm always like shiny object, shiny object, the dog from up, like let's go. But I was hooked right from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Like I was in it. Because it was a cohesive, character-driven story. It's and a like, win for not, the creative side of the process, for sure. Absolutely. absolutely. And like the way that they, they treated Cyborg in this film, the way that The Flash is depicted in this movie, like even, even Batfleck, man, like all that bullshit with him and Diana out. Like, like you said, man, how could Joss Whedon have looked at this thing when they were like, here, this is what we have. What can you do with it? And he was like, nah, I'm good. I'll just do something else. Bizarre. Like, oh my Bizarre. God, what a, what a hack this guy is now. Like, I can't believe this is the person that made the first Avengers film. And Buffy. And Buffy, Buffy. which I love. Here's the thing, though. Shield. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You have to contextualize everything, right? <clears throat> and so these decisions are coming from a studio that has no faith in the product. So every decision they make, they think they're helping, right? So I I see the idea of, oh, well, the guy had such a successful run with Avengers. Let's just do that. Now, come to find out, one of Ray Fisher's complaints that he's been very vocal about was that Joss spent a lot of time on the set being like, they wouldn't let me do this in Ultron. They wouldn't let me do this in Ultron. So he showed up with... uh, sort of making ego-driven decisions. Now, everyone on this call right now has been in a creative process where you can see the actual collaborative energy be replaced by ego-driven energy. And so Absolutely. I and 100%. so I think I think what we saw with Joss Whedon's Justice League was all of these decisions in made in earnest to streamline and make the product funnier, but they were so there was so much confidence behind them without actual like observation of the product. So you have a studio that's confident this will fix the problem. You have a director that is confident he is fixing the problem, but you have actors that are miserable. So the collaborative balance. The Snyder, is the Snyder Cut is a funnier movie. It's way that's funnier. The thing. 
It's yeah, funny. It actually works it, in a better way, humorously. And it doesn't have that over-reliant... Because, I mean, the, the thing is, is that these are two night and day directors. Like, you know, Joss Whedon is very irreverent, very meta in his work that's reflective in Buffy and Firefly, yeah. The Avengers. That's what he does. And he does... He did set the template for Marvel, which I love. I'm one of those people who equally likes Marvel and DC. Um, and he set that template for infusing bathos, which is kind of like undermining these uh, serious moments with humor. Um, and this movie doesn't do that with its humor. This movie is so incredibly sincere, but it works better for these characters who are gods that we're making more human. And I think you guys even said in the podcast before that's the difference between them and Marvel is Marvel is about humans becoming gods and DC is about gods becoming more human in a way. And sure. so that that look at the characters in this way of using humor, like Flash is still funny. Like, all these characters are still funny, but it's not so, like, zoink, doink. Like, the other movie felt so much like a cartoon, and maybe they were trying to recapture the old JLA cartoon, even with the infusion of the Diana and Batman relationship. Yeah. But it's just... It was yeah, weird. But- it was terrible. It was terrible. And, like, the thing that killed me the most is... Because I really wanted to enter in with Justice League. You know, I really wanted it to take me there. And, like, I can I can be objective, and even if it's not my cup of tea, I can usually, like, get there with the movie when there's enough material. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. have to be a, such a cold, break-apart-the-movie bitch when I watch a movie. But, <laughs> but for some reason, with Justice League, it was specifically, like, I was, like, trying, trying, trying. Russian family, don't get it. Why is Steppenwolf space in the suburbs? So weird. Um, and then we get to the end... <laughs> When Superman actually has the nerve to come in the scene and say, I'm a fan of the truth, but I'm also a fan of justice. I was like, fuck off. That is yeah. horrible. It, That's insulting. It was horrible and, and the reason insulting because it wasn't earned. No. Right. Whereas whereas in this in this picture, when Superman shows up, right, he, he comes in and he saves the day right at the last second and doesn't really say much after that. But then we get the big, like, orchestral swell of his theme when he's really kicking Steppenwolf's ass because the filmmaker understands the story that they're telling. Oh, yeah. And because, and, and because Joss Whedon, you know, I make fun of him a lot, and I, I, he's a fucking brilliant director. Like, he's I'm amazing. He's very smart. You know, he's yes. fantastic. But with this thing, it was just like, what happened, man? Why, why could you not see what you had in front of you? And I think, Andrew, you spoke to it with the egos, right? Like... Why could but but just to be able to as an artist, you always have to say, like, you know what? What you're doing is actually better than what I'm doing. You know, so I'm just gonna do that because that's better. And then they could have made a cohesive film, right? Thank God they didn't, because this thing is so much more wonderful. It's so sad. I'm glad it's here. And I'm glad that it, you know it exists. What I lament, what I truly, truly lament in this whole process is that the rest of Snyder's vision for the DCEU is probably dead? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Because honestly, uh, I I check Twitter every day to see the progress of hashtag Restore the Snyderverse. <laughs> well, God it's trending. It's, it's trending. trending. It's trending. And because I think it'll be worth it. Now, if, if this is the end of it, if this becomes just an Elseworlds story, uh, you know, very, very cool, whatever. But like... It, it is sad that we may never get to see the fully realized vision because it's, it's probably bonkers. Um, I, I want to say this. I think we should speak to a couple of the details about this movie that made it so wonderful, lest we spend the whole conversation living in the comparisons because I could do an entire three episodes on the comparisons between the two. But I think let's continue to celebrate what is beautiful about this movie. And, and for- I agree. Before we do, though, I'm going to ask Chris to just clarify for people that are listening that may not know what JLA is. Oh, JLA, uh, the Justice League uh, animated series. That's or uh, okay. Justice League of America. I mean, I, I sometimes get my how it pertains to the cartoon, what the initials stand for. But yeah, there was a cartoon, an animated series that directly picked up where the Batman animated series and the Superman animated series left off in the late 90s, and it continued through the early 2000s. And it introduced characters like Hawkgirl, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern within that particular universe of the DC characters. And I believe it aired on Cartoon Network Mm -hmm. for many years. And it was very successful. For me, it wasn't perfect. It had some missteps along the way. But as the first, like, televised 
like version of the Justice League since the Super Friends, like in the sixties. I thought it was it was excellent. It was definitely and it continued with that tone that Batman the animated series set, which is probably one of the best animated series of a superhero of all time, especially those early years of it. Like it's it's one of my favorites. Batman the animated series is legendary. Legendary. It's it's amazing. And I think but that's why I feel they were really starting to to, you know, before we go on to the movie, to put a pin in that other conversation, I do feel like that's almost they were they were like, okay, well let's get back to that, what people remember, because this movie The only sense I can make out of it is they were almost trying to put a nail in the coffin of this particular universe so that they could be like, well, let's go on to this bright and colorful thing. Let's go to Aquaman, which, you know, Andrew and I, you and I have issues with. Let's go on to what Wonder Woman 1984 was, which we will get to in a couple weeks. Um, Let's get to all of (laughs) like, let's get to this tonal shift. And it's like, okay, you want a Justice League movie? Here's your Justice League movie. Here's this, yada, yada. And now onward. And that's kind of, that's the only way I can justify some of the choices made for what was in that, tw- with uh, Justice League 2017. Well, that, that um, whole, that's Justice of. League 2017 completely hangs on us being idiots and the, and not paying attention because they pick up no threads. The tone is completely inconsistent and none of the early promotion material matches. Like none of it. Yeah. Unite the seven. We never meet the seventh member of the team. Like no. So it was it, it was it was actively a terrible movie, and they thought they were helping. They thought they were helping, and they sure did promote it like they were helping. They even had Henry Cavill on the press tour with it, like being like, "Oh, you guys love him." They really like wet. They committed to that direction, and it's hard to believe that nobody knew that movie was garbage before it came out. That poor man's face in that fucking movie. Oh, my God. That beautiful face with that fucked up baby mouth. I swear to God. I was watching it. Like, <laughs> upper lip quivering. His, and, his, and his super white teeth because they did the teeth, too. They did his whole mouth. It looked so – it looked so bad. Anyway, I digress. So, listen. Yeah. Here's one thing that I loved about this movie. <clears throat> I specifically loved that I felt every hero had tangible stakes – for their involvement in this mission. I was connected and there was time taken and it took runtime. It took heavy lifting to do it, but there was time taken to get me into everyone's personal moment before. And everyone had their moment before that helped me understand what they would do together. And then when we get to the individual missions in a completely not corny way, everyone played a part Yes, absolutely. absolutely. That was relevant to the it mission. Was, As opposed to the first movie done. where was, they were rendered. Oh, sorry, CJ, go right ahead. That's okay. No, it was brilliantly done. It was brilliantly constructed. And it made you, Andrew used the word stakes. It made you feel like there was something at stake here. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, uh, when, when Cyborg, is he going to be bad? Is he going to, like, give away all the money to the, the Green Arrow? You notice the Green Arrow's uh, love interest, Linda Reed? That was the lady that he gave all the money to. Um, but anyway, is he going to, like, become a criminal? Is he going to do all that stuff, right? Like, The Flash, is he just, like, what's his deal? Is he just all about, like, saving the girls and, like, having a, a, a job as a dog walker? Or is he going to step up, right? And, and, and I could go, Aquaman's introduction in this movie absolutely drowns the other film. It's gone. Ugh. It's out. It no longer exists in the world. Volko with the long hair, those locks. Oh, my God. Right, mm. like him, he has he he has a reason other than seeing the green slime on the glass to go down to the aqua place, Atlantis, yeah. wherever. Aqua place. Right? Like that's <laughs> his reason is his reason is he likes going there. Yeah, you yeah. know, and and, and it, everything just it's all coherent. And and I've I've said this from the beginning of of this podcast. I've said this from the beginning of my career in the theater, which is now dead. Hashtag, I need a new job. Is, if you tell a story where the characters drive the plot and not the other way around by the time you get to the end even the hardest hearts will care yes and i agree because and to, you to your point to make Jay, them a- to your point, the uh, the motivations of all these characters, like you're saying, including Aquaman and everything, they're so much more fleshed out in this movie. 
Like, even with people like, you know, Wonder Woman isn't the biggest focus of this movie, but her motivation throughout is very clear. And for once, it's not Steve Trevor, and which made me happy. But... <laughs> All of these, every single League member has a chance to shine in a way, whereas before, in the other version, they were almost rendered kind of incompetent. Like, I don't know who that was, but it didn't feel like Batman in the other movie. I remember he he has a conversation with Alfred in the other movie saying, like, oh, what's he after? Uh, Money? And I'm like, money? Like, you think Steppenwolf is looking for money boxes it was just it was crazy and but in this version they each have something to contribute something to do um and of course the heart of the movie being primarily cyborg and then secondarily flash like their stories are so beautiful in this movie like cyborg has an absolutely perfect character arc from beginning to end it is an absolutely textbook perfect character arc and flash in those final scenes is probably one of my favorite superhero moments in a movie it's so beautiful and so sincere and real like it's again ties back and ties back to a beat that was created earlier in the movie when he's at talking to his dad make your own future it's like that is fucking storytelling 101 it's andrew's favorite thing is like pay off the beats yeah and all of the beats are paid off Oh, well, yes. And Flash. So Flash and Cyborg, the fact that they were relegated to such side characters in earlier iterations of this is insane because what you had already photographed lined up so beautifully. So let's just let's just go. The, the, the whole three punches for each of them. So Flash, you have he's like, all right, if I go past the speed of light, time gets funny, but I can do it and I can get enough charge for the mother box. So that's all he says, but we, the audience, sees that what he means is he's reversing time a little bit, right? Mm. So he makes, he pulls it out of the water, but he makes the contact, he creates enough of a charge. That's the first thing. We get to the end of the movie, and he's like, okay, he's like, it's okay, I'm healing, I'm healing, I just need a couple more seconds, because he got hurt. And then he's like, they fail to stop the unity. So then he does it, but he goes an even bigger scale, pulls back time a little bit further just to make sure he can give the charge in time. He does the same trick again. And then we get to the epilogue, and we see he's going to do it one more time. He keeps breaking his rule, because the first time he broke the rule set in motion the reason for him to break it the second time, which sets in motion this parallel timeline where he has to break it again, which goes directly back to him trying to get to Bruce. And he tries to get to Bruce in Justice League, but he gets to Bruce in Batman vs. Superman. That pays off that whole beat in BVS that's like, am I too soon? I'm too soon. It's Lois, like, trying to warn him. So we see this whole long-form plan of how he's going to break this rule to save the day, and he's going to have to keep doing it until the day is fully saved. And this is a process that's going to last a while. Now, check this out. Cyborg, you have Cyborg whose whole thing is, am I man, am I Muppet? Like, his his whole, like... (laughs) That's a pretty solid Muffet. That's a and solid WB, Muffet. It's oh, way no, deeper no, than that. No, but Cyborg's whole journey, where he he is a hero already. They establish him that he's a good-hearted person. He does things to help people. He loves his mom. He's a sports star. He has issues with his absent father. And his absent father... Oh, you just have to, I have to interject. I have to interject. That is an absolutely 100% accurate representation of how that play would go in the football game. <laughs> well, good. So, you know, that made me happy. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it was beautifully shot, too, with the slow-mo snow. It was great. Um, oh, with the snow and the pylon. Oh, oh it was God. so good. So, Visually, this movie is stunning. So stunning. So we have this whole arc of him, and his father brings him back to life with the mother box, and he's no longer who he is, and he's supposed to have a connection with this man that he didn't have a connection with. And we get that whole dynamic of them trying to reconnect. And they can only reconnect through small actions because they are incapable of speaking to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's, it's such a great father-son dynamic. It's so moving. And the fact that at the end when he's looking at the mother boxes and the three mother boxes are him as he used to be, his mother and his father. The mother boxes, the devil is literally promising him a life that he always thought he wanted. And he's like, I'm not broken to have him have that. The fact that those two 
very complete arcs were excised from the movie in favor of of Batman yelling at Diana about Steve Trevor and Ugh. Flash talking about fucking brunch is insane. That was some fantastic filmmaking, and it, it's very satisfying that we got to see both of those things. And, and and how vindicating. Vindicating for Zack Snyder, who, even myself, again, I was dead ass wrong. Be, because BVS and the Ultimate Edition does, like, help it a lot. But because lot. BVS had a lot going on in terms of what it needed to set up and at moments sometimes the story kind of collapsed in on itself a little bit which i don't think is zach's fault i think it's because wb's like okay you need to literally fit all of this into one movie this vindicates zach and especially for me in such a way where i'm like nobody can say that this man is not a storyteller and not an emotional storyteller ever again Mm. i can't I was dead-ass wrong. This is one of the most emotional superhero movies I've ever seen. I choked up repeatedly at this movie. And so it's to your point, Andrew, like, these character beats and everything, it's like a masterclass. And I don't use that word lightly. Like, and I never thought I would say it about Zack Snyder. And I'm so happy to be wrong. And the people who are not willing to say that they're wrong about this, it's like, shame on you. Like, what movie are you watching? Like, this is so... You don't have to like the tone of these movies. You and I were saying earlier, Zack Snyder's like the black licorice of filmmakers. Like, you either, like, love it, like, you love that taste, or, like, it's like, oh, what is this? But you don't have to love the tone or the visual, but, like, you can't say this is not strong story structure. You can't, it's, no, it's not true. Not it's simply not true. It's true. And for the haters out there talking about the runtime, the pacing of this movie is fucking perfect. It's great. It's great. There's no issue with pace at all. So good. Like, and there's, there's, like, when we, we'll get to it later, but like, there's literally one, there's one two and a half minute stretch that I'm like, oh yeah, I could cut that. Yeah. But the rest of it has to be there. Oh yeah. For the story to make sense, you know. And if you tell a good story, I'll, I'll sit, I'll be there for eight hours. So you know what was that? What was that play that they that recently? It was not recent, but where it was like two nights, not Harry Potter, but it was like th- there was a pool on stage, and it was like the inheritance six hours. Was it the inheritance? No, the inheritance didn't have a pool, but it's the same thing. Like, yeah, do I have to come back a second night to like hear the end of the story? Sure, because it's a great story, you know. And these characters, they're great characters, the, and the 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 way that the actors like fill these. You know, they're comic book characters, but I'm watching real metahumans, right? I'm watching real extraordinary people. I'm watching Bruce Wayne finally become the Bruce Wayne that, like, we all wanted him to be. Like, in BVS, like, motherfucker is broken. He's down. He's, like, trying to kill Superman, you know, but and in the beginning of this movie, he's recruiting. He doesn't know that there's a threat, but he's recruiting. He's, like, trying to make up for, like, the promise that he made at Clark's grave. And by the end of the film... He does, you know, by the end of the film, like that, congratulations, by the way, like that tells me that Bruce Wayne is now a full fledged human being and he's over all of the shit that's gone wrong in his life, you know? And like the, I want to see Aquaman's movie now. Like I want to see the Aquaman that was introduced in the Snyder cut. I want to see his movie. I want to see him and Amber Heard, right? Like her having an English, her having an English (laughs) accent. What's her name? Mira, right? Like, Shout out to, 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 to Screen Crush, but it, it puts her in a position of, like, royalty, right? Like, upper class. And what an interesting social dynamic that would have been for, like, you know, ice, uh, like running around swilling beer, Jason Momoa's Aquaman, to be, like, faced off with her, Mira, who's now his adopted sister a little bit, maybe? Um, but yeah, to I have know. that, like, social it's dynamic royalty, for them to play off of in that movie, right, would be fucking incredible. It is, yeah, right? It's okay. It's Jamie and Cersei. Um, they're actually related, (laughs) but you know, like again, Andrew, I'm sorry, but like, I'm doing a comparison thing. Like why get rid of that character? I know. I know. Why? why? Because you wanted to create fucking the little mermaid in the next film. Like what happened? guys? It it was, uh, it was a lot of bad decisions adding up to very mediocre filmmaking. Um, I, you know, it's funny speaking, speaking to the runtime, uh, because they were, a lot of that is due to the fact that while he was shooting two films, they said it's one movie and it's two hours only. Like, they just created this arbitrary, bizarre 
thing that he would never be able to achieve. There is no way someone going out and photographing two films, because honestly, if you watch it, you can understand that this was, at one point, two movies. And the first movie ends with the decision to resurrect Superman. The second movie begins with that whole opening sequence at the gravesite, which feels like in Act One, and culminates with the, the final battle. Like, yeah. It, 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 it feels like it could have been two movies because that's what he photographed. And then they said, no, it's one movie. And then they're like, well, that that uh, that work cut is unwatchable. It's five hours long. Well, I fucking photographed two films. Do you know, it was impossible. Yeah. And then because of personal tragedy, he couldn't fight to get the runtime extended or, or get it split up or, or anything. He just And then they just reshot it more in the vision that they wanted to go for the series without respecting the fans or anything. So yeah. And Kevin yeah. Sujahara mandated the, two hours or under. Or what, respecting what, what, the bottom line. Yeah. We talked earlier about, about slots at movie theaters. Yeah. Like you could have released this. You could have released it twice. Yeah. You could have had two movies. You could have had two paydays. Ridiculous. We all would have flocked. And especially so, if we saw the first half of this movie, we would have been dying for the second half. It's like, brilliant. Gone three times before the second one came out. And speaking to the runtime, uh, a lot of the runtime is eaten up with character building and details. And there's some spectacular details in this movie. And I'm just curious because I, I have my list. But uh, what what is one kind of like maybe if you were an executive, you'd trim it out. But one really juicy detail that you loved. Well, for me, um, like cyborg controlling internet. It's juicy. You know. Right, because in the in the first in the original film, he just gets in the the tank and knows what to do, mm. right? But in this movie, we get to see why he knows what to do, and it's it's short, like it's the beginning of Miles Dyson's tape recording. Miles you know, Dyson, he's a, he'll always he'll always be Miles Dyson. <laughs> I can't with you. I'm sorry. The great Joe Morton, he's a fantastic actor. I actually cast him in something once, a reading once years ago, but he'll always be Miles Dyson. He brought Skynet upon us. But his recording sort of like explains to to Victor like what he is now, what he, what he can do, and then later when he gets into the Nightcrawler, right, and like just plugs in and like knows what to do. There's no questions, right? Yeah. Like the detail has been laid out for me. This is why he can do that, you know. And then you just enjoy the action. That's great. My my favorite juicy detail, not so much a juicy detail, but um. It's a scene that I feel very conflicted about, but that I love is in, I love that it's in this movie, and it's the scene between Martha Kent and Lois, um, or as we now know, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say spoilers today, we don't do that here, but spoilers. Spoiler um, alert. Martian Manhunter, we find out, which is the one part where I am conflicted, but at the same time, not. There's just so many layers to this scene, but what a beautiful, just like scene study between a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law and just talking about how, you know, to the world, he's this symbol, but to me, he's my son. And it just, and how we both knew him and her comforting him. And then that added layer, which that's where I'm conflicted because at one point, like it almost undercuts this very human moment when you reveal that it's Martian Manhunter, who's actually motivating Lois to get out in the world so that she can be there when Superman's resurrected However, that's such amazing story structure that it's like it's a beat that like sets this up that I don't want to lose that. So it's I'm it's that's why it's so extra juicy for me. So I'm like, oh, I don't know which way I want to go on this scene because it's so beautiful in this way. And I almost wish this didn't happen, but this needed to happen at the same time. So that's why I love that scene. Yeah, actually, yeah. Martha is sitting in a Motel Six in Leewood, Kansas. Like she's she can't get can't possibly get to Metropolis. Like she's down on luck. So Martian Manhunter does have to step in there. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. I loved how we spent a little bit extra time engaging with some of our surrounding cultures. So something that happened in the 2017 was that they fired the warning that the um, Themyscirans, the Amazonians, Amazons. Amazons. The arrow of Artemis? Yes. Amazons. Yes. The Amazons. That they, they fire that arrow and they send the warning to her. But the fact that in this version, there's a whole ceremony 
that accompanies firing the arrow of Artemis. And the arrow of Artemis is a big deal. We haven't lit this warning fire in 5,000 years, but this is the only way that we can get her this information. Diana goes, she knows what the arrow of Artemis is. She knows to use it as a key to get into this hidden chamber. Like there's an yeah, ancient- Wonder Woman as Tomb Raider, I'm, I'm here for it all but, day long. Like, I want more Tomb Raider. It, it was very, very cool because what they've done is he's he's allowed an ancient tradition to find its way into this narrative storytelling. Um, and Chris, you and I texted about this. I also yeah. love the women that sing to Aquaman when he leaves. And what that means, because my oh. inter- my interpretation of that is like to this village, he is a god, and this is how. Yes. Yeah, and so maybe our gods of the past, maybe the old gods, were actually just metahumans, you know, because this is what he he saves them. Like, there's no way that these people are getting fed without him, and they worship yeah. him. And yeah. they and sing how interesting on his return to the sea. It's gorgeous detail work. It's gorgeous detail work. How interesting oh, that like what like what could have been a cringy ass moment of that woman picking up his sweater and smelling it. Absolutely made sense. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah, and I'm so glad you explained it to me too, because I actually had a question about that. Because I said, what do you feel that that represented? Because that was something that I was still sitting with. And the minute you said, I was like, oh, yeah, well, of course. Of course, they sing a dirge for that. Like, absolutely. The the Justice League will be historically remembered. And this is what I think Zach is setting up that the Justice League will historically be remembered as new gods. Because when Steppenwolf uh, first fights with Diana, he's like, you have the blood of the old gods. These yes, people are yeah. the new gods. Your Uxus, your Desaad, your Justice League. These are the new gods that are playing with with everyday humans' lives and making big decisions for them. Um, yes, I love all the detail work of this movie. I, I think it's I think it's really really spectacular. We need to just for me touch on the Superman content in this film. Yes, yes, well, I, think, I think for everyone. Yeah. So like, here's the thing. He doesn't have really any more to do than he did the last time we saw this movie. But what he does is so much more significant. When he returns to the Kryptonian ship and they pay off his identity struggle from the first movie. Because when he flies in the first movie, all he hears is Jor-El in his ear. Right? When he's lost in Batman versus Superman... He sees a vision of Jonathan on the mountain that tells him what he needs to do in the Ultimate Edition. When he is resurrected and he goes back to the ship after commuting with Lois, when he is resurrected, he hears Jarrell and Jonathan. He has finally achieved unity, something that it is necessary for him to go and stop. It's great. it's, it's fantastic. And it's, and you talk about details, man. Just the details of like the uniforms that appear as he's walking down the hall. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Zod, uh, Kryptonian gatekeeper, previous Superman. Right. Yeah. One thing I would have loved is so we don the black suit, and in the comics, you know, we're all nerds, so we know that he dons yeah. the black suit because it allows him to absorb more sun. Yeah. They don't really touch on that. Um, do we feel like they needed to? Do we feel like the average uh, viewer won't care and the average fan knows? Well, the black suit. I'd like to talk about the black suit a little bit. That's that's a a great point. Um, I think I I think in this iteration, I don't think the black suit does that. I don't think it has that function because he didn't come out of the egg. It's not it's not the classic regeneration story. So I I think the black suit is a thing that is. uh, I think it has a mysticism for the fans now. And so if you look at like... Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, I, I think sure, sure. I think we know that when Superman is resurrected, the black suit comes out. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's part of him finding a new identity. And I love that when he when he opens up the, his shirt at the end of the film, he's still in the black suit. Still be- got the black suit Because on. this is who he yeah. is right now. And someday it will be appropriate for the colors to shine again. But he is no longer that Superman. And I think so in this iteration, it represents an identity shift rather than a logistical necessity is my take. 
Although we could get well actually about that later. Actually, and because I was actually thinking because he does fly. First of all, I agree with everything that you say. I mean, I also love how it kind of resolves that arc for Jonathan Kent as somebody who said to him so much in the first two movies, like, you know, remain hidden. Don't step out into the sun. Don't show them who you. And then he says in his voiceover, to show them who you are it's so and, I was, and it's so great and the fact that that was from bvs the ultimate edition that was exile it's just it, i i can't believe it but he does fly right up into the sun and it was this is again me nerding out cj it was something that i did feel like i was like okay i'm like so he is immune to steppenwolf's axe that can go toe-to-toe with Wonder Woman's sword, but that can slice Doomsday because magic, but Superman's vulnerable to Matt. So I'm like, maybe he's more powerful because of the black suit. Like, maybe he went up and got, like, badass supercharged and everything. But again, it's like, these are nerd nitpicks. This doesn't affect the story of the movie. This doesn't affect how amazing that scene is. What I just love is that... Even though there were some people who are proponents of Justice League 2017 who loved seeing almost Superman classic come in at the end with the theme and the truth and justice line, which is cringeworthy, this does this is the Superman we've gotten to know. Oh, yeah. And yes. it's a right. much more beautiful and emotional arc because it was like that wasn't the same person in that other movie. That was a completely different guy than who died in BVS. Yeah. It didn't, like, that was not a sequel. Like, for me, I know people are saying that this is an Elseworlds story. Bullshit. To me, this is not, this is it's canon. It's the sequel. To me. It's the sequel this to BVS. Is, it's canon, yeah. Yeah. Yes, this is, yeah, this is, if the canon is established for those first two movies, and with Wonder Woman, and then this is canon. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not going to play in that headspace right now. This resolves those storylines completely. That movie, I feel like I'm watching different people. It's totally like, different. I feel like I'm watching an Elseworld comic story, Like, you, which is fine. Whatever. You guys, you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys. When yes. he whooped <laughs> Steppenwolf's ass, watching, <sighs> watching Superman straight whoop Steppenwolf's ass was one of the most satisfying experiences I've ever been a part of. He beat the shit out of him. It was amazing. He beat the shit. Yes. He beat the shit out of a out of a dare I say more complex Steppenwolf. Yes. Yes. He gets a backstory now. Give him a little bit give him a little bit of a backstory. Give him I actually felt a little bad when Darkseid stepped on his head. Like a little bit. I, I mean I was excited like we won. I but read at the an, same time, it was like, oh, my God, he worked so hard. He did everything I know. right. I read you know? an article could... last night. I read an article last night that really I, – I, I have to find it so I can credit it properly. But one of the things it said was uh, one of the saddest things about Steppenwolf in this version of the film is that he's so on the outs. And he, he he's introduced as such a powerful warrior that he boom tubes into Themyscira – Fucking destroys them and takes the mother box. Goes back. How great was that extended scene oh, though yeah. with them so fucking good. sinking the temple? Oh so my good. god! But but it said that he go, he goes back, zooms his boss, and his boss could give a shit. Steppenwolf is all of us. Like, and I was like, I right. never thought about it like that. Like, <laughs> We've all done that. I worked so fucking hard on that, and your boss could give a shit. Like, he didn't even get to talk to the boss. He had to talk worlds. to the gatekeeper. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's like he's like making sales calls. He's like, you know, has your company thought about uh, you know coming out to games? Like, that's what he's doing. He can't even get the boss on the phone initially until no. he has something to give him. Yeah, and his quote is fifty thousand more worlds, and he's like, oh, like they, the look on his face when he was told that was like, oh fuck, like it was yeah. so sad. Yeah, well, like, yeah it's like oh my god, him. there aren't fifty thousand more worlds for me to go to, bro. Like, <laughs> goddamn, oh what my do you gosh. want from me? We gotta we gotta spend a little bit of time on the epilogue. We gotta talk about this nightmare sequence. How did we feel about that? Did we need it? Did we not need it? Did we know we not need it and love it instead? Oh, I needed it. I needed I mean, it. I, 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 I wanted it in my veins, but <laughs> because I needed I needed to see Flash in the armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I needed to know like what happened before, or I guess ahead and then flash came back after right like i even though i got cyborg's vision 
right, of, like, what, what could have possibly happened. I was like, oh, okay. But seeing Flash in the armor, absolutely 100%, for me, put a bow on that scene in BBS. Absolutely. Like, that completed the arc for me. And listening, <laughs> like, Ben Affleck saying, I will fucking kill you. Like, that was incredible. Uh, and him talking about Harley Quinn and the Joker still wearing the same same SWAT vest that we last saw him in in Suicide Squad, which I love Suicide Squad. Sorry, I do. I'll watch it again right now. But having all of that come around and, like, basically including that scene is, is Zack Snyder saying, like, yeah, this this is what was gonna happen, y'all. Like, and you're gonna and you're not gonna get it now because everybody kind of sucks. I disagree with that last part. I think that it was so smartly put in there because look at what this look at the fact that we have this movie. Like, there is no way. Like, there is no way that that's not like a. Well, you could get more. Like, you could. You think it's a tease? More. You think it's a tease? I think it's a tease too. I think it's bait. Oh no! I don't so want to think that way. I won't sleep tonight. I think it's bait. I think he's like. I mean, I could make it. I, because that was there. a scene from from Justice League Three, right? He like, kept the, the pregnancy test in. He kept the pregnancy yes. test in. Yeah. Of in. And as everybody knows, for the viewers at home, there was a recent leak of the Justice League Two and Justice League Three storyboards, which I thought were like it's amazing. Like Diana goes back to Themyscira. She becomes like a, a vision of a god of war and kills Superman. I was like, oh my god! Like it's so cool. And but the whole there's a whole plot line of of Lois um, being pregnant and it being with Batman's baby, and it's and then she dies and Superman comes to the anti life equation and it's so good. And there's no way that that detail wasn't trimmed. And then this was left in and the poor Lois thing from Jared Leto. I'm sorry, I agree with you, Andrew. It's bait. It's, it's totally like, so we, we, we see the pregnancy test in the beginning. He left that mm-hmm. shot in there. And I don't think he's going to do the It's Bruce's Baby storyline because I think that's – he did an interview saying that there was a plan before BVS was released that they agreed was too bonkers. But he did leave the pregnancy in and he did leave at the end where he's like, congratulations, by the way. He's not talking about the engagement. He's talking about that they know Lois is pregnant now. Yeah, because she's, she's yeah. carrying a baby basket and not the box in the original yeah. 2017 cut. Yeah, no, no, no. He left. Yeah. He left that there in there. I think it's. I think it's total bait. My thing about the nightmare sequence is that they are in such dire straits. Heroes and villains have teamed up. Like he yes. has to get Joker for some reason. He needs Joker. Deadshot, who we saw, is bloodthirsty for him. Not Deadshot. Deathstroke. 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 Slade Wilson. In comics. Yeah, Slade Wilson. Yeah. My God, please. Why, um, why is why is it Slade Wilson and Wade Wilson and Deathstroke and because Deadpool because and they've Jesus been Christ. there's been generations of copying each other it's and then and Dark then side and Thanos Shazam yeah. yeah oh my god but uh, I I loved the whole sequence I thought it was very funny and I hear some people I've talked to some friends about it that they think it's such an eye roll moment I think it's hysterical that he released that trailer that says we live in a society. Yeah, yeah, and then it's not in the movie. That's and not so, in the movie. And so of course people ask him. He's like, he's like, I think I'll put it in for the Justice's Gray edition as a treat for the fans because he's releasing this movie in black and white, which I love. Um, but I, I loved that we finally got to see that version of Joker and that version of Batman kind of have a bit Together. of a cathartic moment that they need each yep. other. They're obsessed with each other. They've always been obsessed with each other. They are the love of each other's life. And Apparently, was, literally, who doesn't need a reach around? I yeah, who the reach around. <laughs> <laughs> the grappling hook so much, apparently. And, and <laughs> also, Mara. What did he just say? Mara was know. a part of this. I yeah. love. I love that Mara was there because she, because she loves Arthur, and something happened to Arthur. We know. We know. We Dark saw the vision of. We saw the vision of yeah. Diana dying. So yeah. broke my heart. But Crazy. Someday. The anti-life, the anti-life equation being on earth. Of course it's on earth. Yeah. That's how he, that's how dark side controls Superman. Oh my God. Brilliant. It's, it's going to be so good. And I, and I think, I think at the very least, this was my thing. I think at the very least, what they're going to do is they're going to ask him to make a mini series, justice league three. They're like just four episodes, four episodes, four 45 minute episodes, J- JL three. Go for it. They gave him $70 million to finish these reshoots. 
70 plus is the is the official figure. They put a little plus, which means they're not even telling us how much they gave him on top of the $300 million budget they already spent, on top of the 25 plus million that they gave to Joss to do whatever it is he did. They have right. 70 plus million. They're I just, throwing money at this for us. I yeah. just can't. I can't. I, I just I have to think that it's over because if I start hoping against hope – Although, I mean, I've been rooting for the Knicks for the past 20 years, so listen, I guess it's it's part of the course for me. CJ, I hoped against Jesus hope for this Christ. movie to happen, and it did happen. It was there. It's and, true. And I was, I was catching the details in real time. What was really funny is while I was on tour, I got heavy, heavy into the Twitterverse of it, and I would talk about it all the time. And so my stage manager from – not stage manager, my company manager from tour texted me on Thursday. He's like, I feel like today is your Christmas. This is what this is what you're talking my ear off about, wasn't it? I was like, yeah, this is what I was talking about. The whole time we were on the road together. Well, that's what's funny, Andrew, is because you know it's funny at Christmas. I mean, this feels like my Christmas too. For you're a diehard Superman fan, as you know, I've been a diehard Wonder Woman fan for the past couple decades, and I know you and I we disagree about how we feel about the Wonder Woman sequel because I. I had a lot of problems with it. For me, this was like my birthday's tomorrow. <laughs> and um, this felt like for me as a one Venmo fan, at Christopher Henry. Venmo yes. at Christopher Henry for birthday presents. She is poor, please. Or I'll put my Amazon list. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have things I need. Um, but this was for me because I won't disparage anybody who likes the sequel that's amazing. I love it. But this for me was the sequel I wanted. This was I, the, the person that I fell in love with in 2017. And I felt like I saw her again. And I felt like this arc for her, like, because I, one thing I felt they never really dealt with was her missing her family. Like she's confirmed to be 5,000 years old in this movie as per cyborg cyborg. And, um, you know, for me, I was always like, okay, Steve Trevor is a very important teaching relationship in her life and he's I love his character I love Chris Pine but she knew him for a week out of a scope of like 5,000 years like what about all those women she and for me that felt like a very important character detail and so I just loved seeing that I loved that in the epilogue her standing and holding the arrow and just how and what I loved in this movie with her and what I always feel as a Wonder Woman fan works so well for Diana is when you show not tell when you don't give her some monologue to talk about love and peace, but when she says little things like hate is useless. And I'm like, oh. that's who the character is. Like the little things that she says, the interaction with the little girl, I have to say, I cried the same way I cried at No Man's Land, where I'm like, this is so important for little girls to see. When she just says something as simple as you can be anything you want to be. It was, like, it was the same thing for me. Oh, so good. The same beautiful. as this is what I'm going to do, and then just steps out onto no man's land. I'm a huge show over tell fan. And this movie's filled with that. It is so filled with these beautiful showing moments over like just these like overdrawn out expositions. Like I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Like Zack Snyder is, I, well, chef's kiss. I am a, a huge proponent. Now I want to restore the Snyder verse. I want to see more of this. I'm going to fight for this. I want and more. also we got we got Wonder Woman's theme twice. Yeah, we got two of the baddest ass fucking oh, superhero so theme. So satisfying, there is. yeah. And, and I, I love the whaling. I love the whales. <laughs> it gives me heavy yeah. vibes, and I love it. It was great. Yeah. All of it. I loved all of it. So good. You guys, this was fantastic. This was great. I feel like we could go on forever, but let's let's cut it off right here, and we'll do a whole new episode for the ephemeral questions. How do we feel about that? Love it. Oh, I feel like we're making a decision that maybe the studio should have made. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. The responsible choice. Yeah, the responsible choice. Agreed. All right. So for chapter one of the Justice League episode of Icon or Wicon, I'm Andrew David Sotomayor. I'm CJ LaRoche. And I'm Christopher Henry. And we'll see you... Next time. Next, Next time. time.